Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. I just want to encourage everyone to remember that always in your own control are your thoughts and your actions. So a lot of times life feels very out of control and there are things we can't control, but don't buy into the idea that you need other people to do things in order for you to feel fulfilled or that you don't have an option. You have to now just have a crazy busy schedule because the pandemic is over. You always have the opportunity to think your own thoughts and take your own action. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 74. I would like to encourage you to stick around until the end of this episode for our Super Mom shout out brought to you by Addie's Way. And also, uh, I'm going to remind you at the end, but I'm going to say it now too. If you could rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, I would be super, super happy and thankful and grateful and all the good things. So this is very exciting. My guest this week, she is the only guest to come back for a third time. And it is uh, kind of funny because we have a story, a backstory on why I'm going to introduce her a different way from the other two times. So she was on the podcast episodes 24 and 25. Well, now she is back for episode 74, a three-time guest. Now, this is where we get to the tricky part. Michelle, when you look back into the episodes 24 and 25, you go by Michelle Lynchard. Well, now we're going to put a different name for you. It's Michelle Gothier, correct? Yes. Yeah. All right. Explain that. <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me for the third time. I feel so special being your oh. only three-time guest so far. <laughs> well, you're going to be back, I'm sure, for lots more because you've got some good stuff. Yes, yes. Thank you. Well, I changed my name back to my maiden name. And the whole time that I've known you and that I've been on your podcast, I've actually been divorced. But I decided to go back to my maiden name, honestly, because I wanted to. I just wanted to go back to my maiden name. And I had so many thoughts about it, like, well, I'm going to have a different last name than my kids then. And I have this business. And what if people can't find me? But it just felt like what I wanted to do. Um, I always kept it as my middle name. And even when I was married, I was sad and missed my name. I always felt like... Michelle Gothier was my real name. So I just switched it back. And guess what? It's not a problem. It's worked out just fine for business. And, you know, sometimes I have to say I'm, you know, Josie Lynchard's mom, Michelle Gothier, but it's not a big deal. And we make it a big deal on ourselves. And then like some others make it a big deal. And I mean, you've just said something to me before we started recording, like follow the instincts and your gut and it's amazing how those things will work out. 
Yes, yes, exactly. And one of the things that I am, I always try to practice what I preach and something that I'm preaching all day with my clients is what is your authentic self telling you to do? How can you be closer to your authentic self? And I feel like we always know, but sometimes we try to ignore that message. And so that's why I changed it because I wanted to, it felt right. Well, I am happy that you are doing this for you and you are practicing it for people like me and your clients that, I mean, it is practice what you preach. You want to make sure that you're doing that and having that good example in front of you. So I, I don't know, should I congratulate you on it? I'm, I'm not sure what <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you should, you should. Congratulations on being closer to your authentic self. That's what you well, can say. <laughs> there you go, Michelle. That's my congratulations to you. All right. So this is why I asked Michelle to come on for a third time. And it actually has developed into two separate topics that we're going to talk about, which make complete sense. But to back up, Michelle is a life coach. And again, to episodes 24 and 25, you gave some great tips for busy moms, for individuals who are just having a busy brain. And I love that. I love that life coach, when you see sometimes that title on a paper, you, you don't, I don't know. I don't think you can sometimes appreciate all that you can offer. And I bring that up based on this email that you had sent out. So I'm part of your email list and Michelle will tell you how to get involved on that as well. But Here's the email. I hope you are okay with me reading it because I know yeah. it's your words. Right okay. Yes, so right the email is uh, titled Supermom Saves Her Own Day. And these are Michelle's words. Last week, my 13-year-old made a snide comment at dinner about my cooking. He looked over at me expecting me to laugh and looked horrified when he saw tears welling in my eyes. No, mom, are you about to cry? I was just teasing. You're the best. Please stop. I'm so sorry. But I couldn't stop. It was the straw that broke this camel's back at the end of a long week. I cried all the way through kitchen cleanup. Like any self-respecting life coach would do, I picked up my journal to find out what those tears were all about. As I wrote, I realized that I was looking for my kids to validate me. Ha, kids don't do that. I mean, we all get the occasional, thanks, mom, you're the best, but we simply cannot count on our children to validate our love, dedication, and general awesomeness. We have to do that for ourselves. The same goes for bosses, employees, spouses, friends, and every other person on the planet. If you wait for your boss to tell you that you're doing an amazing job, you might be waiting forever. You have to tell yourself. If you walk into work thinking, I wish my employees could see how hard I'm working to make their jobs easier. Just change that thought to, I'm proud of myself for working hard to make my employees' jobs easier. Want your hubby to tell you he's proud of your accomplishments? Nope. Tell yourself. Write yourself a note. Tell yourself everything you'd want him to say, but say it to yourself. As for me, I reviewed all of the things I had done that week for my kids, and I was damn impressed with myself. I bought myself a mug to prove it. I'm a super mom. Just ask me. And I read that and I was like, obviously at that moment, something happened where I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like 
more for the kids' sake. And it's hard because they're two and four. And I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm making your dinner. I'm making your lunch. I'm making your breakfast. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And you don't even care. You're just yelling at me. And so it hit me when I read that. And I just, I just wanted to talk to you about it. Good. I'm glad it resonated with you. I feel like every mom on the planet feels like this sometimes because just by default, automatically, we love them so much and we do everything for them, sometimes even at the sacrifice of ourselves. And then when they say complain about it, when you've gone to all this effort to, you know, order the groceries, prepare the dinner, try to serve healthy meals, and then they're like, I don't want to eat that. It can be so frustrating sometimes. But like I said in the email, anytime we're looking for kids to validate that we're doing a good job, we're looking in the wrong place. The only thing you're going to end up there is frustrated for sure. Okay. Well, then then let me ask you this. Does that coincide though with manners? I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm, I'm thinking when okay, if I want to make the validation to myself and write it down, like you're a kick-ass mom, you did great. But at what point though, do you teach your kids or even your husband? Um, like I do need to hear those things. And those things are important to say in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get your question. Exactly. So Basically, we I think we all like compliments and some people like words of affirmation more than others. If you've read the five love languages, that's yep. one of the love languages. That's so probably people, one of mine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So some people really, really need that. And that is not a problem. None of that is a problem. And, you know, in the examples that I gave in that email, if you have a boss who's wonderful about telling you that you're doing a great job, or you just have a kid who's wonderful about it, then that's great. I think the problem comes when you derive your own enoughness or your self-concept based on other people's feedback. If it's the icing on the cake, it's one thing, but if it's the cake, if you're looking for other people's words to make the cake, it's always going to fall short. So I think to your question, let's say you're a four-year-old, you make a make her lunch or something like that. And at the end, when you're cleaning it up, you want to say to her, hey, why don't you say thanks, mom, for making my lunch? Did you see that I you know, spent time doing that for you, et cetera? I don't think that, I think that's great parenting. It's just if you are looking for that validation to validate you, that you are enough, you're always going to come up empty. Same for your husband. If you want to tell him, hey, it's really important to me that you notice things that I'm doing, that's not a problem at all. And hopefully he'll get better at doing it. I just don't want you to make your cake, so to speak, based on his feedback. As you mentioned, you went to your journal and you started writing these things down is that the suggestion that you would give me or somebody else listening like to not go for that cake, like to not make it to be all on them, that it's something that I have to do? Yes. And so this is exactly what I would do if I were to just say, if you're feeling sad, if you're like me and you start sobbing in the middle of dinner <laughs> and can't stop. <laughs> my Which means son, you're normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you're just like all the other moms out there. My poor son kept hugging me and being like, what's the oh. matter, mom? And I couldn't even really say. 
So every time we have a feeling, any kind of feeling, it always comes from a thought that we've had. So I grabbed my journal to see what am I thinking? That sadness was created by a thought. And what was that thought? And so that thought was, no matter how hard I try, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm not enough. And then I ask myself, is that really true? is it enough? Have I done enough? And then I made a whole list and it wasn't all just things that I had done. Like, yes, I got them to school and bought the groceries and made sure they had their homework and their backpacks and all those kinds of things. But it was just the, the being there and providing them with a home and listening to them and all those things. And I thought, what more, I feel totally great about what I've done. I'm a great mom. It's one of the most important things in my life. I'm not perfect at it. Nobody is perfect at it, but what I'm doing feels good to me. And I don't need anyone else to tell me that because I already know. So if you grab your journal and say, where did this feeling come from? What thought did I have? And then say, is that thought really true? And if it's not true, which it probably isn't, a lot of times our brain will throw out a thought that isn't true, then list all the reasons why and get that validation from yourself instead of from other people. In line with that, and I also want to bring up, you know, in the workplace, because that, like you said, same thing, if you're looking for your boss to tell you those things, it's not necessarily going to happen. And it could happen. But sometimes, I mean, we're all so different. We're so different the way we're wired and what we need to feel our best and like some bosses that's just not what they do like they're just not you know warm and fuzzy but they're so great at whatever this is on that side that that that, that's why they're there that's why they're in that position and so um I mean is it one of those things like I don't want to say, do you talk to your boss about it? But I would say, yes. Yeah. I mean, I would say, know what you need, what you want, and then advocate for that. So for example, I would not say, well, if you have a boss, who's just not the effusive warm type, who's going to give you lots of pats on the back, then you just suck it up and and give that all to yourself and just deal with it. Cause I don't feel like that's honest and authentic either. So I would do something similar. Like we talked about with the example with a husband and I would go talk to that boss and say, I just wanted to let you know, I worked really hard on this project. I'd love to get your feedback on it. If you think I've done a good job, I'd love to know if there's someplace you want me to do something different, I would love to know and just advocate for yourself and let that person know what you need. I want to take a minute to pause here with the conversation with Michelle to talk to you about one of the sponsors of the podcast, Evoke Creative. And if you have a business, you know how big of a deal social media is. It's what gets you noticed in front of people that may not have known about you before. It also keeps you in touch with your loyal clients. And I have seen this firsthand in regard to a couple of businesses, one doing really well because of their social media marketing and the other not doing as well as they should. These businesses are pretty much identical, but what sets one of them apart is their social media marketing. And if you just feel like you don't have time for it, I completely understand. So that's why you should get a hold of the ladies at Evoke Creative. They will help implement that strategy, which will help 
bring people to your business, and then, of course, turn a profit. That's what we all want, right? EvokeCCO.com, EvokeCCO.com. They will help you stand out. All right, back to the conversation with Michelle. And I'm going to add to that, like, if if there is, when you say, if you like what I did, let me know. If you think that there's something else I could change, if there's something that needs to be changed, it's not a slam on you. Like, that's the other thing that's probably important to to note. Like, it's not trying to say you suck and you're a horrible employee. It's just, hey, let's work on this instead. Like, how do you yeah. switch that thinking too? Yes, exactly. Just opening the lines of communication. And I think that comes too from that. If you already believe that you're doing as much as you can in a good job, if someone suggests something that you could do differently, it feels a lot better than if you feel empty and you're looking for validation from other people. And then the only validation you get is, oh, you need to change this or that. Then it feels so bad. So I think you know, at the, if we think about the basement level, like the very basis of this is having that self-love in the first place, you know, believing that you're enough, you're already enough, you've always been enough, and you don't need anything from anyone else to change that. And then you can be open to, okay, I want to change. I want to become better about this, or I want to stop doing this or the other thing. Well, I didn't really expect to to talk about this, but it is ringing true that I am working on that because of my previous boss versus my boss now. Like there is this post-traumatic stress of not feeling good enough based on some of the things that I dealt with before. So then going into a position where I am now working for my church, like, okay, are they going to like this? Do I have to do this instead? I mean, it's two totally different situations, but I'm carrying over that hurt and that anger. And I'm learning, like I'm much better than I was a few months ago with my confidence and like, yes, you're, you're worth it. But that is a very, very hard thing to do when you go from being put down or you're your ideas are not great or uh, we're not really giving you any direction and you just don't know what's happening. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's a great point that you're bringing up because the best thing you can do is stay close to your own thoughts and your own feelings to work through that. And it sounds like you're doing really well on that. So if you I'm trying, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's always a work in progress, right? So if you think about, at your work, your current work at your church, if you start to get upset about something or you're worried about something, use that same process that I talked about where you ask yourself, okay, I feel insecure or I feel worried. What thought is causing that? And is it, I can't make a mistake or Mm. I won't be respected. Is it, um, I can't trust myself to do this job. You know, what is that thought? And then write down the ways that that thought is not true. And then just understanding. So in order to know what's happening, when you act a certain way, in order to know what's happening, you just have to slow down your thoughts, see what you're thinking about, see how you're feeling and just notice it. That's all you have to do is notice it and then decide, okay, do I want to act from there or do I want to change that? Writing all this stuff down as always. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's uh, switch gears a little bit to 
uh, take the second part of this episode and talk about what we first started talking about in episode 25, tips on how to bring more calm to your life during a pandemic. Well, now let's talk about readjustment to quote unquote normal life post COVID. Yes. <laughs> it's funny that we started off started right? off with the pandemic and now we're going back to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, what I've been noticing among my clients right now is that people are starting to feel like as this is ending and things are opening up more that they're afraid that their lives are going to go back to that out of control pace that it how they felt before the pandemic, right? So when we adjusted the pandemic, everybody was like, what the heck? I think we all liked it for a couple of weeks. Yep. And I know in my mind, I thought it was going to last like two or three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all thinking, oh, great. It caught, you know, a couple of weeks off from going anywhere. That sounds pretty good. But as we know, it lasted a year or more. So now people are starting to go places again, be on sports teams again, and life is starting to feel busy and overwhelming. And so I thought it might be useful. I mean, maybe you could tell me, Jill, your experience, if you like the way that it's opening back up, or if you have worries, if there are things that you had going on during the pandemic that you liked, you know, time at home with your family or something like that, because I'm finding that a lot with my clients. I think I'm a special case. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of my problem that, and, and I feel like that this is carrying over to where I am now is as we talked, I went from basically a hundred to zero. I went from my tank was full to empty because of losing my job. And so what was weird for me and trying to explain this in words, hopefully that makes sense that. I was already ahead of a lot of people because I was at home. I was working on this business. I was working on this podcast. I was putting the work in. So I knew what it was like to work from home and all that. But the difference was at that time, my kids were still going to school. So I was home by myself. Mm -hmm. Well, then my husband's home, the kids are home. We're trying to manage and delegate and figure it all out. Okay. So we get there. That's fine. Then the next step that I go through is when people like my husband were able to go back to work and other people were going to back to work, I started to get sad again because I was like, oh my gosh, everybody is going back to their quote unquote normal lives. I still don't have a job, so to speak. Like I am not working outside of the home. I am now at home with my girls trying to, to run a business and I don't have any help. And because my husband was back at work. And so those were some really, really dark days. And then I got the position at the church. And so that's been super helpful for me as just um, a working mom, like being able to get out of the house because I have said so many times, I am not a stay-at-home mom. I was not designed to be a stay-at-home mom at all. And so what's interesting for me now is like, even when we had Christmas break or spring break recently, 
um, it triggered me because it made me go back to that place of, man, I was just getting back into the groove of working outside of the home and not being with the kids 24 seven and being able to do stuff for myself too. Now I'm back doing that. And so it's been this kind of weird, vicious cycle for me. And, um, I don't know if that's even like, I don't know if that's helpful for anybody listening because I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out because I will find myself going back to some of those dark days when I have too much extended time at home. Yes. Yes. No, that's a perfect example because, and we could talk to somebody else who says, I I actually have a friend who absolutely loved having her kids at home for a whole year, three kids. And she just thought it was the best that they did school at home. And I'm with you. I pray that I never have to be in charge of my Mm. children's education ever again. (laughs) It's just not a good fit for me. So I think that your example is perfect. And that whatever examples the listeners are thinking of in their own mind, I I just think that we need to look back on what we learned from the pandemic and then decide what are our boundaries? What do we need to say no to going forward? So what I hear from your story is, you know, for sure that you like working outside of the home yes, and that the way for you to be the best mom is not to be home all the time. Yes. And that if you have an opportunity where, you know, a lot of times moms will get mom guilt or something where somebody might say, well, you could be at home and you could have your girls at home for you to know, okay, nope, that's actually not for me. That could be for someone else and wonderful for her, but that's not for me. Right. Yes. And so for my, in my case, I liked having my kids um, around just at home. I'm kind of a homebody and I like being at home with my kids, not 24 (laughs) seven. By the end, it was like, oh my gosh, get us out of this house. But I enjoyed having them home. And so for me, my boundaries now after the pandemic, I know that I want to set aside time where it's just the three of us, where we're not doing anything else. And we can just feel like we're at home resting. We don't have to be, you know, playing board games and doing things together all the time, but I just like it when it's the three of us at home and we don't have any plans. And so my kids go to their dad's house every other weekend and he lives about three hours away. So he's out of town. So I have a boundary that when we come home from that, when I pick them up from that, we don't do anything on Sundays. The only thing we do is they unpack their stuff because otherwise on Monday it feels really hectic. So they take 10 minutes and unpack their stuff. And then no matter what requests we get, we don't make plans. We don't go to anybody's house for dinner. We don't do anything. We just stay home, just the three of us. And so that's something that I didn't really realize before the pandemic, but after now I know we need that time. We want to have that family time. So I would just encourage everybody to think about what is that for you? Because no matter how hard the pandemic was, there was something that you learned about yourself and be sure and carry that back into your regular life. Well, and, and two thoughts on that. Uh, let me start with the family time thing. And I and I also think maybe it could be different if my kids were older. Because, I mean, at this age, they still need us 24-7. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of time. If, if my husband is working, like, I can't go for a run. I mean, I can't. I I can't leave them, you know, so that's been a hard thing, but I, I do enjoy the family time. Like I I'm, I'm 
hoping that that comes across that I do love my family, but I need to also take care of myself. But I recently was talking to one of the interns that helps me out. I'm like, listen, we have to make sure this is a well-oiled machine. Like when I'm home, I want to be home. Like, I want to be present. I want to be with them. I want to not be distracted. And I, and we're still trying to figure that out. But that is one thing that I can say, listening to what you were saying about that, that I do want that. I yep. do want to make sure that I am carving out that time and it's just us and we're focused and nothing else matters. So yep. I am going to keep that top of mind and moving forward as far as what I want. But the other point I wanted to bring up is, are you hearing from clients or other people that maybe people feel like they want to make up for lost time and they're just go, 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 go. And then, I mean, I worry for people like that. Then all of a sudden they're going to be like, ah, what is happening? I'm going to crash. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to prevent. And some people you know, everybody's different. Some people love that. My sister is one of those people. She can just go, 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 go. She teases me for staying home so much and, you know, needing rest time because her personality just doesn't need that. So she's thrilled to pieces with everything being back open and she's out and doing stuff all the time. So if that works for you, then great. I think when it becomes a problem is when you're saying yes to things, when you really want to say no, and you have no boundaries. So uh, an example would be if your child played on say a select soccer team and it's like, okay, soccer's back open. So now we're going to have to get back on this team and go on all these trips and do all these things. I'm just suggesting a pause to say, do we really want to do that? Is that what our family really wants to do? And if the answer is yes, then great. And if the answer is no, then you have that opportunity. I just don't want people to feel like real life happened to them and they didn't get to make any choices about it because we always are in control of our own thoughts and our own actions. And even if you evaluate that soccer example that I talked about, and let's just say, you know, your kid really wants to do it and you really don't want to do it, but you decide you're going to do it because it's for the best interest of the child. At least you have evaluated it and made the decision instead of just letting it happen to you. Involving everyone in the decision, that's key and what really should happen with every family. Yeah. Yep. I think, I mean, it's the surest way, I think, to keep communication open and to make sure that everybody's in on a decision. So anytime it feels like, and I think the pandemic really did feel like it happened to us and we didn't have any control over what was happening then when the pandemic was going on. But now when we're going back to normal life, we do have a unique opportunity to decide how we want our life to be. What is our new normal? It even goes with work too. Like you have that ability now to evaluate that as well. Like how do you want your work life to be now that you've seen what it can be like at home or without a job or whatever it may be and, and really take that time to think about it. And if your employer is not on board, then that, that is something to start thinking about as well. Yes, agreed. And even if I know lots of people who never were allowed to work at home, who work at home all the time now and still, and may be able to continue with that. And so does that work for you? And I think what happened a lot during the pandemic, and it definitely did to me, is we would work during the day and then 
take breaks and help our kids or take care of them and then come back to work at night and do things then. So it almost felt like all of life just ran together and it was a continuous yes. stream of childcare and work and childcare and work and cleaning up the kitchen for the 78th time. And so yes. even if you worked from, I worked from home before I was at home too, like you were, even if you worked from home before the schedule seemed to have changed. So now my kids both go to school all day. I have a babysitter who picks them up from school. So I stop working at around five o'clock and then I don't go back anymore because I'm able to do my work during the day. Cause I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like the feeling of always having things hanging over my head and working at night when I didn't feel like working anymore. So that's even, that's an opportunity for me. And I own my own business. I can have whatever hours I want, but those are the ones that felt best to me was just to work during the regular work day. I agree. It clouds your brain because you do think, okay, I've got to do this tonight. And so you're thinking about that when you should, well, when you want to think about being with your kids. And um, that's something that I'm working on too, like just setting those boundaries and setting those goals throughout the day, like block scheduling almost like just, okay, this is when you're going to work on this. This is when you're going to work on that. That's not when you're going to do it. So yeah, exactly. And, and at night, after my kids go to bed, I want to do nothing. I want right. to lay on my couch and watch TV and eat some popcorn or something. You know, I don't want to feel like I need to be working all the time. And, you know, I don't necessarily need to be hanging out with my kids 24 seven either a good mix of that. But again, we've got this unique opportunity to create what we want. All right, Michelle. So how can people get a hold of you? How can people get signed up for that email so that they can be inspired like I was based on that super mom saves her own day email, which by the way, I will copy and paste and put in the show notes at jilldevine.com. But I want to make sure that others are getting this firsthand like I am. Oh, thank you. So my website is michellegothier.com. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R.com. And then if you do slash more, M-O-R-E, there are two, um, two forms on that page that you can fill out. One is to sign up for my weekly emails. And then the other one is if you're interested in doing one-on-one coaching with me, I always do a free hour where you tell me about what's feeling stressful in your life. And then I would talk to you about how we would approach that in coaching. I'll give you some advice as we're talking there. And then we decide if we're a good fit. So both of those are on michellegothiercom slash more. And then on my website, you can find all my other Instagram and Facebook and all those other things. And I will link this up on the show notes along with that email, jilldevine.com. And I will also have the direct links for your social media. Uh, as always, last uh, minute words, thoughts, whatever actions, Michelle, the floor is yours. I would say just everything that we were talking about today. So we started off talking about, you know, getting um, feedback from other people and building our enoughness based on that. And then we talked about how do you want your life to be now that the pandemic is ending? I just want to encourage everyone to remember that 
always in your own control are your thoughts and your actions. So a lot of times life feels very out of control and there are things we can't control, but don't buy into the idea that you need other people to do things in order for you to feel fulfilled or that you don't have an option. You have to now just have a crazy busy schedule because the pandemic is over. You always have the opportunity to think your own thoughts and take your own actions. Let's jump into the Supermom shout out brought to you by Addie's Way. This week, the nominator is Clara, and she is nominating her mother. Fatima from Brazil is this week's Supermom, and so here's the shout out. Clara said, the reason why I'm nominating her, there is no doubt my mom is a Supermom in all aspects. She has always been an example for me, no matter if it's professionally or personally. And she has always been by my side and is the number one person I go to whenever I need a hug, some encouragement, or just a good old reality check. We have always been much more than mother and daughter. And if you've seen the TV show Gilmore Girls, that's pretty much the way you would sum up the two of us. She has taught me so much about everything in life, and I just hope that one day I can be half the woman and mom that she is. Fatima, you are seen and you are supported, and you are going to be getting that Super Mom t-shirt from Addie's Way. If you have a Super Mom that you would like to nominate, all you have to do is email me, hello at jilldevine.com, or go to jilldevine.com. We have a Super Mom page there for you, and you can fill out the nomination there. I just need to know her name, where she's from, and why you're nominating her. It's that easy. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode and as always the support. You know, if you could just take a few seconds and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, I would really appreciate it. That's how it gets into the hands of others. So the more ratings and the more reviews, that's how others learn about it. So thank you in advance. And again, thank you for listening to Two Kids and a Career.